Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Happy April 16th, everybody. April 16th, 2023. And today, even though it's a Sunday, you get to wear your pajamas to work day. I mean, what happens if you're working in the church? Like, and then the congregation comes. Well, you got robes. And you get up in your pajamas. Like, you can't, the organist starts playing in her pajamas. In her slippers. Yeah. The little I mean, fluffy slippers. Or, like, maybe you're cooking, like, the Sunday brunch at a restaurant, and you're doing the omelet bar, and off you come. Somehow, I don't think you're going to get very far. But I think it's because it's the day after tax day, oh, even though God. this year tax day is the 18th Different. instead of the 15th. Because it's also National Bean Counter Day, which means that all the accountants today are drinking Bloody Marys. And eating beans. <laughs> yeah, no. That they Ooh, forgot the no, count. No, we don't, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't need that. We don't want that. No. But um, today's quote of the day, I think is good, because we're going to talk a lot about flowers today. Our main Big Blend radio interview is with Ruth Milstein. It's Cooking mm-hmm. with Ruth. And um, she talks about edible flowers and how to make her rose petal jam. Yum. And we have music for that. Cool. Uh, but the quote of the day, and we always put our quote of the day up on Twitter at Big Blend Mag and Facebook in our Big Blend community. The quote is, happiness is, he- excuse, let me start that again. Yeah. Happiness held is the seed. Happiness shared is the flower. See? I like that. That's yeah. from John Harrigan. So I thought, hey, we're talking about flowers. Let's have some of that. But today is National Orchid Day. That's um, nice. We love orchids. And did you know that they say that there's about 25,000 species? Wow. Approximately. And there's, um, there's so much easier to grow than people think. They are one of the two largest families of flowering plants. They said between 21,000 and 26,000 currently accepted wow. species. And you know what's really cool is to see them in the wild. Mm. And a lot of times there are orchids that you don't even realize are orchids when you're out in a park. Like the Everglades has bromeliads growing mm-hmm. in the trees. They have orchids. You have to look Swamp up. Swamp orchids. You have to look up to see them. Um, so anyway, um, do you know that some orchid species can live up to a hundred years? Wow, you've got that ancient orchids. They're dinosaurs. Well, they are known as the flowers of the gods. And Nancy and I, years ago, before we started the tour, I'm going to say about ten, twelve, thirteen, thirteen years ago or so, mm-hmm. went to um, Florida, South Florida, where we hung out with uh, at Costa Farms. And um, Costa Farms are the largest growers of indoor plants in the country. And they took us behind the scenes to their orchid. I mean, pretty much if you get orchids at, you know, the big box stores or grocery stores, this is where they come from. Unless you're on the West Coast, there's a lot of growers in Santa Barbara in that area. But um, we saw like, it was like a field of orchids inside these greenhouses. And um, we've got a cool video that I put in the link in the show notes. Um, everything, you know, whatever we talk about, there's a link in the show notes. So we have one um, for the video on how to take care of your orchids. So there. 
Yeah. That was a beautiful play. That was beautiful and very, very cool. And, of course, we have our music playlist. I call it the soundtrack of the day mm-hmm. that celebrates, connects with history, connects. We don't choose the songs. The songs choose the holiday. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I don't know how to <laughs> explain it, but somehow we put together an interesting uh, music mix. The links um, are for the Spotify and YouTube playlist are in the show notes no matter where you're listening, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, BigBlendRadio.com, um, all the links are there. Uh, so we thought, hey, Black Orchid by Stevie Wonder. Ooh, and nice today, Stevie Wonder in 1977 became a father for the second time when his son Kieta was born. So mm. a happy birthday to Kieta. And happy birthday to everybody born today. Yeah. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Um, get a candle. From orchids to mushrooms, today is the day of the mushroom. Uh Um, Yeah, it celebrates all things fungi. So even if you're hiking in a park, you might see some fungus on a tree or on a rock. Um, You might be truffle hunting. Maybe you gather wild mushrooms. I don't know. Yikes, better be careful. Maybe you're getting a little happy with the magic mushrooms. Better be careful. Or maybe you're cooking them. But they say mushrooms have been cultivated as far back in time as 600 AD in Japan and China. Those little elfy people live under them. Oh, yeah. Don't eat the fairies (laughs) or the elves. But mushrooms are good for you. Uh, Stuffed mushrooms. We've got a great recipe um, in the show notes on how to make Zinfandel Steakhouse Mushrooms by Chef Ivan Flowers. Yummy. So check that out. But I find this interesting that on the same day as it being the Day of the Mushroom, Dr. Albert Hoffman discovered the psychedelic effects of LSD. This was back in 1943 well, on this day. That. So I don't know, but I don't know if mushrooms and LSD are related in any... I, I think have no LSD clue. was created in a lab. Well, magic mushrooms and then people do the psychosyllabin or... So I can't pronounce any of that. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. People microdose mushrooms. Apparently they're really good for you. And then people go off to Peru and do the other mushroomy thing. And um, Anyway, they do all that stuff. And uh, happy joy joy to you guys. <laughs> so um, just in that vein of happy joy joy, um, I got the song uh, Mushroom Men by Les Claypool on the playlist. <laughs> um, you know, Les, uh, Leslie Edward Claypool, um, Uh, He's a filmmaker, he's an author, he's an all-round, just creative genius, and the song is definitely creative and fun. Uh, But he's also the primary songwriter for the band Primus since its formation in 1984. Mm. Wow. It's a good time to start a band. Yeah. Um, Speaking of recipes, too, we've got uh, a recipe uh, from video recipes from two innkeepers, Chris Tillman from George's on York Bed and Breakfast in Tawnytown, Maryland, right around the corner from Gettysburg, and also... Trey Lewis from Dancing Moon Bed and Breakfast in Palisade, Colorado, right outside Colorado National Monument. Mm. Um, we've stayed with both uh, at both bed and breakfasts, both awesome. But they show how to make their um, Benedicts and biscuits instead of use because today's eggs National Eggs Benedict Day, and you know that's my favorite mm-hmm. of all time. Um, every you know they say that Eggs Benedict does come from England. Um, that's what they think, um, but most accounts actually say that New York City is where the origins are, but it's the English muffin that kind of got people thinking it started in England, but it is, an Eggs Benedict is the two, you know, slices of eggs, uh, an English muffin, mm-hmm. a Canadian bacon, a poached egg on top, hollandaise sauce. No, you have to have the sauce. But these two innkeepers said, no, we're doing biscuits, we're going mm. down home country, and let me tell you, their recipes were They're really good. good. Oh, my God. I don't know how people do those eggs so well, like those poached eggs. That's that's too tricky for me, but um, they show how to do it. So 
Um, check that out. The link is in our um, the show notes. Today is also Save the Elephant Day. So we have a link in the show notes mm. for a podcast we did with a filmmaker who did the documentary Elephant Refugees, A Fight to Survive When Waters Run Dry, showcases a resort in Botswana where the elephants literally come and drink from the toilets in the resort, drink from the pool, dying oh, for water. It was such a crazy drought. But also looking at the plight of elephants with it today being Save the Elephant Day. They're the largest existing land animal, uh, of course, found in Africa and Asia. And they're saying now that there's just only over, just over 400,000 elephants left across the African continent itself. Oh, that is so sad. So it's really, really sad. And so, you know, this is a day to think about what can we do to save the elephants, stop poaching for ivory, uh, stop killing them just for the killing them. And quit um, taking their and, habitat And away. quite frankly, no, you don't need to kill an elephant, elephant in the name of conservation to Mm-mm. save elephants. That's the stupidest Thing I've ever heard. I don't understand ever. why these conservation act, you know, things are like let's kill an elephant to save elephants. No, it makes baloney. that that's just stupid. Yeah, sorry, stupid. Not to be rude, but just saying, it's stupid. It's just saying. Anyway, yeah. Um, we got the song "Elephants" by Burning Spear uh, mm. up in the playlist as well. A little reggae for your Sunday. Uh, aviation history. Wilbur Wright uh, was born on this date, the aviation cool. pioneer, back in 1867. And on this day in 1912, yes, in 1912, <laughs> Harriet Quimby became the first woman to fly a, a woman to fly an airplane across the English Channel. So mm. you go, girl. So, of course, Red wow. Hot Chili Peppers had to make the playlist. Uh, they've actually got a couple songs about airplanes. I think they like to be up high. Just saying. Um, anyway, their song Airplane is on that list. Mm. On this day in history, Dr. Martin Luther King penned the letter from Birmingham jail. He was incarcerated in Birmingham, Alabama for protesting against segregation, and that's when he wrote that famous letter. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got a link to the story about the Birmingham Civil Rights Trail. A travel writer, Debbie Stone, went there and... um, she tells you all the different historic sites to visit. The, the you know, there's museums. There's his, you know, a lot of history in Birmingham, obviously, um, and really gets into the history. And um, it's a fantastic article. Also gives you some pointers about visiting, where to stay, where to eat. Um, so that link is in the in the notes and nice. the show notes. So check that out. And of course, um, you know, wanting positive change, mm-hmm. a change is going to come. I love that. By we, Sam Cook. We, we really, that. really, really always need positive change. Always. Because mm-hmm. the world, if you think about it, we're continually moving as the earth. So, yeah, shake, rattle, and roll. Things are going to change. I like it. you got to embrace it, go with it, and make it positive. Are you ready for a little stage and screen history? Sure. Charlie Chaplin was born on this day, he's the actor and so, filmmaker. He's so funny. Was born in 1889. I mean, I know, you know, and, and in black and white films, mostly when he rides a bicycle, is really funny. Well, didn't they think he was a communist and kick him out? Yeah, they I, did. Well, uh, dude, there was a period in this country where the they thought anybody theory. artistic could be, that's a free-thinking person, would be a communist. Or, like, you, you had different thoughts than the powers that be. That would make you something to look at with suspicion. suspicion. Yeah. Ah, well, um, we've got the song Smile mm. from Robert Downey Jr. Um, okay. in the playlist uh, to honor Charlie Chaplin. But also, here is a little Hollywood history from our friend Steve Schneikert. 
He recalls the Hollywood history of the film The Immigrant, the Charlie Chaplin mm. film that came out in 1917. And he talks about it, you know, uh, when you think about the Statue of Liberty, it's a national monument in New York City and Ellis Island is part of it. And, um, oh, it's in New York and New Jersey. And it's all part of the National Park Service. So take a listen. In the shadow of the Statue of Liberty, also referred to as Lady Liberty by some, is Ellis Island. From 1892 through 1954, Ellis Island was the port of entry for millions of European immigrants, families with dreams of opportunity, leaving their homes with what they could carry, individuals who fled poverty, discrimination, and dictatorship for a chance at a new life and the American dream. Ellis Island is not a port. The entire island has been owned and administered by the U.S. federal government since 1808 and has been operated by the National Park Service since 1965. In 1917, immigration in America lit the fire of widespread xenophobic sentiment leading to the infamous Immigration Act that barred the road to such undesirables as criminals, anarchists, homosexuals, beggars, or feeble-minded persons. In a fitting coincidence, that same year, comedic mime Charles Chaplin made the film The Immigrant. If not the best, it is most prophetic. Chaplin wrote the screenplay along with taking the helm as director and star. Given the historical context of the Immigration Act, one must wonder in which category the tramp would have fallen had he existed. He is naive, quite atypical, broke, and the way that he kicks one of the Ellis Island agents is such an equivocal image that it would be used by the HUAC to demonstrate Chaplin's anti-Americanism. In the steamer that crosses the Atlantic in the beginning of the film, there are pickpockets, gamblers and cheaters, probable criminals, but there are also decent and honest people as well. And ultimately, there is the tramp. Without immigration, the world would not have discovered Charlie Chaplin. The Immigrant is a turning point in Chaplin's body of work, as every film would echo a part of his own history. Despite its serious undertones, the film is lighthearted as not to deprive the theme from its gravity, but maybe because immigration carried positive feelings like ambition, solidarity, and hope for brighter futures. The immigrant is divided into two acts. The first is set on the ship, the second in a restaurant. Through a laudable effort of mise-en-scene and storytelling, Chaplin manages to pull these two parts together so they do not feel disjointed. The first sequence shows a steamer crossing the Atlantic, full of archetypal immigrants, bearded men with towering hats and head-scarped women. It is a moving as it depicts a part of American's history still recent at the time, and simultaneously it creates a funny contrast with the moderately exotic tramp. His presence among the immigrants is enough to bring the first laughs. At the arrival in New York, 
the sight of the Statue of Liberty rewards the patience of these people who underwent persecutions, poverty, hunger, and probably worst of all, seasickness. The boat part is the more emotionally and politically charged, and in its way, it elevates the film above the standards initially set by Chaplin. The Ellis Island part even reminds of The Godfather Part Two without sepia tones. Still, Chaplin knows that the audience expects laughs, that the transition between comedy and drama shall not be abrupt, hence the slapstick use of the boat's movements. He arrives in New York with a full heart and empty pockets. The second part is more of a sketch, but this is not to diminish the film. I suppose one can term this film as a tragic comedy, if not the best or more memorable of its films, with its share of gags and its serious undertones, it is one of Chaplin's most defining works, especially regarding the context of the film. As the nation once again wrestles with the issue of immigration, Ellis Island reminds us how we became the diverse nation that we are today. I'm Steve Schneikert, and this is Hollywood History as I Recall It. So that was a little Hollywood history from Steve Schneikert. We love Steve, and we get him yeah. on the show whenever we can, and we need to get him back. We need to play. We need to have silly fun you with You know, it would be fun if we could ever arrange it, that we walk down uh, some of the Hollywood iconic streets we'll a with him. That would be fun. Well, Wouldn't next it? time we see him, we'll go on a Hollywood history tour somewhere, because he's near San Francisco. Cool. So yeah. Well, on this day, uh, comedian Spike Milligan was born in 1918. Oh, and I gosh. love this. I found this quote from him. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, but the electricity board said he'd have to wait until Thursday to be connected. That is totally it. That is hysterical. Is that and just that, not what it is? How, when was that said? How um, long I, ago? My gosh. I mean, he was born 1918. Yeah, so. and it's still true. Well, today. I, I mean, I just want to say thank you, AT&T, <laughs> for the internet going in and out and um, you driving over your own cable box and not fixing the cables for yeah, a few weeks. Yeah, just so you know, your um, internet is hopping up so and down like a horse, I, you know. I, I say we need an in, uh, internet board, but then they still won't do anything. So anyway, no. things have not changed. No. Um, on this day, also in stage and screen history, Peter Ustinov, the actor, was born in 1921. Ellen Barkin, the actress, mm -hmm. was born in 1954. John Cryer, we love John Cryer. Yeah. was born in 1965. And Martin Lawrence, we love him too, also 1965. You know, these are all people that do have a sense of humor as well. And I think that's, you know, especially John Cryer and, and Martin Lawrence, they, you know, and they were born on the same day. Isn't that amazing? It is interesting. Um, wow. Does that make them related? No. No. John Cryer is white and, and, you know, Matthew Lawrence is black. So I know, but that doesn't mean they're related not, in you. That doesn't make you not related. I don't I'm know. Just saying. Just, yeah, you never know. Musically speaking, Henry Mancini was born on this day. I don't know what happens, but Henry Mancini manages to get into on this day 
history with well, us on was, the Big Daily Blend podcast. Like every he was other very day. prolific. He yeah, did so much. He did so much. He was born April sixteenth, nineteen twenty four. Passed away uh, June fourteenth, nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. He had to keep those numbers even. He was a composer, a conductor, an arranger, a pianist, a flautist. I didn't know he played the flute, too. Oh, yeah. He was often cited as one of the greatest composers in the history of film. Mm -hmm. He's won four Academy Awards, a Golden Globe, 20 Grammy Awards, plus a posthumous Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1995. He uh, did a lot in regards to the soundtrack for the Peter Gunn television series, uh, the Pink Panther film series. Of course, I had to put the Pink Panther theme on this. Moon River, we played that the other day from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, also, the Peter, the music from Peter Gunn won the inaugural mm. Grammy Award for Album of the Year. That was so cool. He's done That's a, a cool, cool song. Yeah, so dun, Pink dun, Panther dun, is dun, in dun, there. Dun, oh, come dun. on. We love the Pink Panther. I love it. I want, I'm going to rewatch it, too, because that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers is crazy. He's crazy. Herbie Mann, the jazz flute player, was born on this day in 1930. Bobby Vinton. Oh, boy. Now, you say you remember, like, were your parents into Bobby Vinton? Oh, big time. That that was like, and I mean, he has a beautiful voice, mm. you know, and, and I just, you know, I can hear the songs in my head, even as you say his name. I know exactly. Well, well he was born Stanley Robert, known as Bobby Vinton, April 16th, 1935, and still around. He's, I think my brother Ray was named, my brother's name is Ray Stanley, and it came from Bobby Vinton. Well, <laughs> he hosted his own TV show in the na- late 1970s, and he was a teen idol yep. who became known as the Polish Prince. Wow. He's a meathead. <laughs> I'm just going from Archie well, Bunker, you know, well, when he said that. That was nice. I don't know if he was what a meathead. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, his music paid tribute to his Polish heritage, and one of his most popular songs is Blue Velvet. Um, he's not a meathead, he's a sausage. Oh, that's right, he's a Polish <laughs> sausage head. All right, maybe we should just stop there. But anyway, it's the Polish... sausage day. It is. <laughs> Um, and he covered the 1951 song recorded by Tony Bennett, Blue Velvet. So Tony did it first. He, mm. he did it. And it ended up being number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1963. And in Canada and in UK. Yeah. All the way back in 1990. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Roses Are Red, My Love that by Bobby Vinton is on the playlist. And that is just for Ruth Milstein since she's talking about how to make rose petal jam. Mm. I think she she'll like Bobby Vinton too. I have a funny feeling. Oh, I'll ask her. I'm going to email her. Uh, most and ask her. most people do. Mm-hmm. It, he's got a very melodic, soft. He's a good singer. Oh, yeah, he is. Dusty Springfield was born on this day, oh. uh, 1939. Uh, she was alive until second of March, 1999, and um, she was actually born as Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. Holy whoo! And her stage name is Dusty Springfield, an English singer. Um, during her 1960s peak, she ranked among the most successful British female performers on both sides of the Atlantic. Hmm. She's known for her peroxide blonde hair, yeah. that beehive hair, mm-hmm. heavy makeup with that eyeliner and eyeshadow, <laughs> evening gowns. Um, she was an icon of what they called the swinging 60s. And the 60s were ah. swinging, I know. Her, her solo career began in 1963 with the song, or the record, I Only Want to Be With You, 
which was a UK number four hit, and um, then amongst of her hits included Stay a While, All I See Is You, I'll Try Anything. Yeah. Uh, the two releases <laughs> now considered her signature songs. Don't you don't have to say you love me. Come on, we all know you mm. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And son of a preacher man. Yeah. I that, have to, that, that's it's it. Sunday. We gotta do it. Uh, anyway, so son of a preacher man is on the playlist. Hey, have you heard Joan um, Osborne do cover that? She covers it really well. She, oh, she does no, a good I version don't think of I it. I have. I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to go research that. Yep. Um, so and she also did that soul album, Dusty in Memphis. Um, so yeah, she. Oh man, she had her own TV show. Yeah. Ready Steady Go and um hosted her own series on BBC and ITV and um yeah, she was very she uh topped the popularity polls including Melody Makers Best International Vocalist. She was the first UK singer to top the New Musical Express Readers Poll for female singer. She's a member of both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the UK Music Hall of Fame. And uh, international polls have lauded her as one of the finest female popular singers of all time. Wow, good for her. So you go, girl. So son of a preacher man. Again, everything's linked in the show notes. Uh, 1947 sees the birth of Jerry Rafferty. You know, um, think about it, Baker Street, right? Oh, Baker Street. Uh, That's a beautiful song, yeah. Mm. Um, But he also, also, he was born in Scotland, right? Um, He's a songwriter, musician, record producer, and founding member of Steeler's Wheel and of course, if I do not put stuck in the middle with you mm. on the playlist, like yeah, people you... will come after me. So I, I had his album Baker Street, though. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he also passed away in England, but he was born in Paisley. Paisley. I want to be born in Paisley. That's a good place That's to be. That's a quilt. I just like Paisley. It's a design. Mm-hmm. It's like the Paisley design. It's hippie. Yeah. Cool. It's a hippie design. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, Stuck in the Middle with You is on the list. And then 1953 sees Peter Garrett, the frontman of the Aussie rock band Midnight Oil, was born. Um, oh. But before he became, he was born in Sydney, Australia, right? Um, before he joined the band, he pursued a law degree and a law career. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Midnight Oil just mm-hmm. went after so many issues, mining, oil. Um, but it was really about taking care of the indigenous people. They really were, or like, and still are about human rights mm-hmm. and natural rights. You know, nature Understanding the earth and why yeah. we need to not destroy. Yeah, so I thought, okay, we've got to add Blue Sky mm-hmm. Mine to the list. Mm-hmm. I grew up with them, as, you know, in, in listening to them. Um, Blue Sky Mine came out in 1990. It was the first single from their seventh studio album. Um, which was called Blue Sky Mining. And it was about the workers in the asbestos mines who got all mm. these diseases from take, soaking mm. up asbestos. Right. And so um, the blue refers to blue asbestos, and the sugar refining company um, is about the colonial sugar refining company, the owner of the mines. How about that? Mm. So that's the Blue Sky Mine standing up for the peoples. They mm. did good, man. I, mm-hmm. I love them. Beds are burning. You know, yeah. about all those songs they did. Mm-hmm. David Perner, uh, the frontman of Soul Asylum, was born on this day in 1964. He was born in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but Soul Asylum was actually created. Um, it, they were formed in 1981, another band I knew about and grew up with. They were started in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Had no clue that they came from there. Um, their, one of their biggest hits is Runaway Train um, from 1993. Like it's on the list. We had to include that, too. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. it was it won the Grammy Award for Best Rock Song in 1993. 
And uh, their band was actually originally called Loud Fast Rules. Wow. That's a good name. I kind of like that. But Runaway Train, um, God, man, how many times? You, you've just, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Selena Quintanilla, um, Quintanilla Perez was born on this day, April 16th, 1971. Uh, sad, because we all know the story of Selena, her mm-hmm. getting murdered. Um, it, it's so sad. She, she was born in 1971, uh, died March 31st, 1995. Uh, everybody called her Selena. And she was an American Tejano singer. She was born in Lake Jackson here in Texas. And she was known as the queen of Tejano music. Mm-hmm. And she was known basically as being like the Tejano Madonna because of her fashion, her singing, her pop. But she crossed boundaries. She um, was really known for being the greatest Latino artist of all time, one of them. Um, and just very influential. Everyone loved her. And she mm-hmm. was really positive. So I included Amor Prohibido um, on the list um, and that is, again, by Selena. So we wish everyone a happy birthday. Hope you have an awesome Sunday. Yeah, get out there, garden. Yes, it's a beautiful Look spring day. Look up Texas. We're sitting on the couch with, with a very loud purring kitten called Koozie. Uh, yeah, Cusco. 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 Well, we call her Koozie. We call She's, her Koozie Woozie. She is the queen of Lubbock. <laughs> she goes, you know, I've got my own purse song. And she's a very lovely lady. See you again. See you next next day, right? Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh, Monday. Monday, Monday's coming. Yeah. So enjoy today.